My name is Martin Guzman. I'm a senior fellow at the Center for International Governance Innovation, and I'm also a research fellow at Columbia University at the Graduate School of Business, where I do research on macroeconomics and debt markets. Martin Guzman recently published his paper titled An Analysis of Argentina's 2001 Default Resolution. Back then, Argentina was unable to sustain its sovereign debt obligations, so the nation came to the decision that it would default on that debt. Now, that decision was followed by a complex debt restructuring that included a long legal dispute with its creditors. Let's cover some basics. So what is sovereign debt? Sovereign debt is debt that is issued by national government. And why do countries issue sovereign debt? Well, countries issue sovereign debt generally to finance the government's budget deficit. They can either use it to finance the purchase of goods and services or to finance investments. Why do default crises happen? There are different reasons why default crises may occur. One reason is what we would classify as accidents. For instance, an earthquake, a tsunami, a natural disaster in general that reduces the capacity of repayment of a country. The second reason is over-optimism. So the countries may do reforms, like for instance, entering into the European Union or doing a set of liberalizations of the economy that may lead to the expectation that the country is going to have increases in productivity that are going to be permanent. Therefore, countries borrow with the perception that they will be able to repay, but later on, those increases in productivity may not be delivered. Therefore, the countries face repayment difficulties. And the third reason is mismanagement. What led to Argentina's default in 2001? Argentina's default in 2001 was a consequence of a set of experiments from the previous decade that were supposed to deliver large increases in productivity, but the country did not increase its wealth capacity. In the early 90s, the country adopted a set of reforms that had been pushed by the so-called Washington Consensus, including trade liberalization, financial liberalization, privatization of the public enterprises. And besides that, it adopted a convertibility system in which it pegged the domestic currency, the peso, to the US dollar one-to-one. The expectation at the moment was that the country was going to be wealthier. But over time, we saw that the country didn't become wealthier. In 1998, a recession started. And the recession lasted for four years. The country ended up defaulting at the end of 2001 in the midst of a huge social and economic crisis. Unemployment was about 20%, the poverty rate was about 50%. So clearly the country didn't have the resources to pay at the moment. So how do countries resolve their debt crisis? Unlike what happens with corporations or municipalities where they face a debt crisis, countries don't have a proper system for resolving their debt crisis. While corporations can file for bankruptcy, countries cannot do that. Therefore, when a country defaults, it has to engage into a decentralized negotiation with many different creditors that have different interests and different capacities. And that typically leads to chaos. What we observe today is a syndrome called too little and too late, which means that the initiation of sovereign debt restructuring in order to resolve a debt crisis gets often delayed And once it occurs, it doesn't provide enough relief in order to restore the capacity of repayment of the country.
Now, the debt resolution, it was complicated by a group commonly referred to as vultures or vulture funds. Who are they? The vulture funds are agents that buy debt in default at cheap prices, only a fraction of the face value of the debt, and they litigate claiming full payment, which means full principal plus full interest. Most of these vulture funds are hedge funds based in New York, but this business distorts the functioning of sovereign lending markets. Because what they do is, by litigating and winning, they end up getting exorbitant returns from a kind of non-cooperative behavior, such that if everyone did the same, the country would be unable to even start a restructuring process. And what we know is that if countries don't do the restructuring when they need to do it, the crises get worse. Recessions turn into depressions, unemployment increases, poverty increases, inequality increases. So they undermine the whole functioning of sovereign lending markets. At the recent discussions at the United Nations, one of the ambassadors actually apologized to the real vultures, the animals. He considered that it's too harsh for the animal to be compared with this kind of agents because the animal does play a positive role in the ecosystem. But the Wall Street vulture funds, they do not play any positive role in the financial landscape. They undermine the functioning of sovereign lending markets. Yeah, that's, that's quite the statement because generally our culture doesn't look positively on the, the animal, the vulture. But this ambassador was saying the bird actually plays a positive role in ecology, whereas these vulture funds, uh, the New York guys, they don't. Exactly. They destroy. They play, play a negative role because they can destroy something that is good, which is the sovereign lending markets. In the case of Argentina, for instance, they got returns that were above 1,000%, while 93% of the bondholders of the country had accepted a discount over their original claims of about two-thirds. So we can see the enormous conflict of interest that Volta France presence creates. Because if we have a set of bondholders and we know that one kind of behavior is going to get returns above 1,000%, while the other leads to a discount of two-thirds, then, of course, the incentives will be to hold out. And the outcome will be that the country will not be able to finalize the restructuring process. So specifically then, how did Argentina resolve its default crisis? The vulture funds bought Argentinian debt in distress, most of them after the country defaulted in 2001, and most of them even after the country had gone through a stretch of sovereign debt restructuring in 2005, which uh, was to, the day where they bought it was 2008. And they litigated in the New York courts, claiming full payment, full payment of the principal and full interest, and they won. They ended up getting returns that were above 1,000%, while other creditors had got a discount of about two-thirds on the debt. And this complex dispute also featured an injunction block Argentina's payments to all the other exchange bond holders of the country that had accepted the restructuring until it paid the vulture funds in full. So due to the presence of vulture funds, it took 15 years to the country to resolve its sovereign debt crisis. So Argentina could have paid off its debt sooner had it not been for the vultures. Exactly. Argentina would have been able to get out sooner. And by 2010, 93% of the creditors of the country had already accepted a proposal. So what we had was a small minority that was litigating 
and that delay the finalization of the restructuring process. And in the meantime, the country had no access to international credit markets. What are the implications then on the functioning of sovereign lending markets after the results of the Argentina case? The resolution of these disputes has negative consequences for the functioning of sovereign lending markets. The implications are really bad. The first one is that the victory of the vote of France will incentivize other bondholders in the future to follow the same kind of behavior. And what is worse is that it's not even necessary to be a litigant. The case of Argentina show that you can just do nothing and then the ruling in favor of the vault of funds can be extended to the others who didn't litigate. The problem is that if everyone does the same, or not even everyone, but if a large fraction of creditors does the same, the country would of course be unable to finalize a restructuring process because the country doesn't have the resources to repay everyone in the same terms. Otherwise, the country wouldn't have defaulted. Aside from the vulture fund problem, did Argentina face other challenges? There are deep problems with sovereign debt restructuring. One of them is the vulture funds, but this is not the only problem. The other problem is that countries are not achieving the necessary debt relief that would allow them to restore debt sustainability and therefore to create the necessary conditions for restoring growth in crisis situations. What we need is a system that is based on sound principles that are aligned with what the goals of a sovereign restructuring should be. The United Nations has taken the lead on this and in September 2015 adopted nine principles that should guide sovereign debt restructuring processes. These principles are still not effective, but this is a norm-setting process that could also help domestic courts to see the big picture in sovereign debt restructuring. Are you saying then that a lack of governance and oversight uh, has led to domestic courts being unprepared to properly rule on sovereign debt cases? Indeed, the U.S. courts have shown that they don't understand the complexities of sovereign debt restructuring and they don't understand what the goals of sovereign debt restructuring are. So how do we fix that problem? The next step of the process should be to codify the U.N. principles, to give a practical meaning to them. This could help the courts at the moment they decide on disputes regarding sovereign debt restructuring. But this is not a, just a one-side game. It was Argentina's decision to issue debt and the New York law. So countries are also to blame for their decisions of issuing debt under jurisdictions that don't have the conditions or the understanding that facilitates sovereign debt crisis resolution when they arise. Thank you, Martin, for taking the time to explain the Argentina debt crisis. You're welcome. Martin Guzman is a CG Senior Fellow at the Center for International Governance Innovation and a Research Associate at Columbia University Business School. We reached him by Skype. His paper, An Analysis of Argentina's 2001 Default Resolution, can be found on cigionline.org publications.